to see how much you're willing to give for which for what amount. Mm-hmm. The first time you undercharge somebody, <laughs> you be like, "Oh no, baby, <laughs> that alone will will get you clear." <laughs> Listen, that alone, the first time. We have tears in your eyes. Like, You'd be like, I'll never do this again. I will never do this again. No coach has to come and tell you to charge more. You fact. will see for yourself. I did all of these things and yeah. got paid $2 by the time we broke it down. I used yeah. to have clients where I'd be like, well, you might as well work at Starbucks. Because yeah. what is... <laughs> yeah. They, You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, because you just did all of this for that. Do you feel like it was worth it to you? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it was worth it to you? No, I should have did better. So what's the next price? Mm-hmm. I'm going to double it. Good for you. And mm-hmm. I'll see you when you're ready to double it again. Because mm-hmm. once a few people give it to you, it's time to double it. Yeah. Are you ready? We're going to run the yeah. play. Let's Do you go. know what it's like to come for nothing at all? But every day you just want it all. Do you know what it's like? Every day facing your fear. But believing that your blessing is near. You know what it's like Growing up broken than most But still being devoted the most Do you know what it's like? Yeah, that's what the journey's about Yeah, we show you What's going on, y'all? This is Justin Owens, back at the Run the Play Show, where I help break down the top plays of success from top leaders, entrepreneurs, and personalities by sharing gems from their personal playbook. And today, I'm excited. Listen, I got the leading authority on personal finance, entrepreneurship, and success. She got a couple bestseller books as well. Miss Patrice Washington, how you doing? Hi, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm excited to have you here, first of all. Because, one, I just want to say, the information you put out, how you help people, is really impactful. And, two, she's a really dope person. Every time we get together, we laugh a lot. I don't know if This is why I'm already laughing. And I, you haven't even said anything. And I'm already in chuckle mode. But go ahead. Yes. So, all right. Everybody talks about, you know, being a high-value man and what comes with that. And not I'm not talking about relationships, statuses, or anything like that. But a lot of people financially would say you're a high value woman, not just financially, but just as a person. What does what what comes with being a high value woman today, from your eyes in the dating space? Oh, there, there's so many layers there's a lot, here. A lot of stuff to unpack. Yeah. First of all, I should just say that I'm newer to dating. Okay. So you already know I was married for 15 years yeah. with the same person for 18 years. Wow. So I've really only been out here a little under two years. Yeah. So for me, dating is about collecting data. Yeah. About who I am, mm-hmm. what I like, what I need, want, and desire. And also learning men because mm-hmm. I was with one man. For right. so long, my whole adult life. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't call myself an authority on dating. Right, yeah, yeah. Although <laughs> it has been a glorious experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys, we have a different experience. We're like, man, it's hard out here, man. You know what I'm saying? They just want you for your stuff. Ladies, but like, no, it's cool. Because I, I think ladies. I mean, it could be the other way, too. But I feel like ladies do a better job of setting proper expectations a lot of times than men. Like, if a lady is not going into a relationship for a relationship at this point, mm-hmm. she's more likely to say that than sometimes a man. I could be wrong. But. I think that men assume that that's what a woman wants to hear mm. as opposed to being honest about what they actually desire. Mm. So for me, I've just been radically honest. That's yeah. like a, a value for me. That's yeah. a core value at this mm. stage in my life Yeah. because I spent so many years... I wouldn't even say people-pleasing, but mm-hmm. to an extent, people-pleasing. Or, yeah. or putting myself or allowing myself to stay in the boxes that other people had created for me. Hmm. So I wasn't always radically honest about what I wanted and what I desired. And at this stage, I'm 42 years old. I'm yeah. like, it, listen, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm very clear about what I need, what, and desire. And I don't think you have to be nasty about it. But if you're clear, you're just clear. And you give people an opportunity to decide if they want to be a part of what you have going on. And yeah. if they don't, it's no love loss. It's not, no one's wrong. Yeah. It's just not a right fit. Hmm. But I think that a high value woman, I would say, and I'm, and let me be clear, cause y'all love to come in these comments with stuff. So mm -hmm. let me be clear. You refer to me as a high value woman. I don't disagree, mm -hmm. but that's not a label I put on myself. Correct. So with that being said, I would say, a high value woman knows who she is. Mm -hmm. She knows what she desires right. and she's not afraid to articulate it. I like that. By the way, we're going to cut that little disclaimer out. So it ain't going to be there when y'all watch it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. All right. So, but you said something that you said you were, you got to a point where you start worrying about what people think. Mm -hmm. What, and fit into the boxes that people try to put you in. What, at what point did you get there? Because it seems like, I think it's people like, you know, like older people a lot of times, like 70s, 80s, they'd be like, I don't care. You know, they'd be outside, whatever. And I feel like the earlier a person can get there in their the life, better. the better. So what what caused you to get to that point? I would say turning 40 was a big one. Okay. It was it was coming mm -hmm. because, I mean, on my show, I've had Redefining Wealth podcasts for six years. Yeah. So I've been interviewing people for all this time. Yeah. I've been reading all the books. We're very much about self-help and self-improvement, self-empowerment, yep. especially for women. Mm -hmm. So as I'm taking in all of this information, what a lot of us do is we gather information, but we don't implement. I've been implementing things as I learn. Every time I talk to someone, I'm like, what's one or two things I can implement quickly mm -hmm. from what I just learned? Yeah. And I believe that success loves speed. Yeah. So the faster you can implement things, the better. Yeah. Well, for these years, all through my 30s, I'm implementing, I'm implementing, I'm implementing. And then the more you implement things, mm -hmm. the better your questions to yourself get. And then That's when you're good. ready to be radically honest, the, the better the answers get. Yeah. And so now you start to, you know, shift. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think turning 40 was like the, listen, let me be clear. Yeah. You're, I'm not here to wait for you to approve of any action I take. Yeah. I'm not here to appease or please other people. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to hide, defend, protect. And I don't have any reason to pretend to be something I'm not to please you. You trying to figure out who you are. So, I know what they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so no. around 40, it really kicked in. And I used to say when I was a little girl, my grandmother was one of those people. She was like, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Yeah. She was very direct with people. Hmm. And I thought that her clarity was mean. Yeah. So for so many years, I wanted to be nice. I yeah. wanted to be nicer. So I would try to soften things and change my tone mm -hmm. and change my delivery. And I didn't want to be the angry black woman. Mm -hmm. And so I would just give people all the room to run amok in my life. Mm -hmm. Man, I was like, I'm so grateful. I didn't have to wait till I was 70 right. to let my yes be my yes and my no be my no. I'm glad I caught it at 40. But if I could have caught it at 25, even better. Wow. I like that. How do you how do you say no? <laughs> At this point, like, do you just be like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Like, what is what is? Can you give me like a couple I, of ways? You know to what's say so no? funny? I had to pause because no for me now does not come with an explanation. Mm. So that's why when you asked me, I was just like, like my face went blank because no is a complete sentence. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to give people additional explanation anymore. If something doesn't work for me, I just reply with a no. I don't have, 
I don't feel the need to do mm-hmm. that because usually we're trying to make fe- people feel better about our no. Yeah. Um, we want people to validate our no. Mm-hmm. We want them to come into agreement with our no. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm not attached to your response to my no. The only thing I'm committed to is being honest to myself first and then to others. But I have no attachment. So if I say no and you give me attitude, I don't moved on already. Like if I say no and you reply (laughs) and your email has a whole bunch of words in it, I have the right to delete the email or to not respond. Like if Mm -hmm. I say no, I don't really. It doesn't mean that sometimes I don't offer that because based on who you are to me mm-hmm. and how much I value or want to nurture the relationship. Yeah. But I'm still not going to like try to soften everything because I'm not being mean. I'm just being clear. Right. And, there's a, a, and, that, and there's a difference. There's a but difference. people think clarity is offensive. Clarity is only offensive to people who want to <laughs> take advantage of you. Yeah. It's not offensive to people who are just okay with whatever your answer is. The only way you have a problem with me is if you expected me to say yes. Now you weren't really asking, you were telling with a question mark. Mm. (laughs) But you weren't really asking me, right? So Mm. now you feel some kind of way. But you were telling me and putting a question mark to make me feel better. Right, to make it feel like it was my decision. To make it feel like it was my decision. But then when I give you my decision, you got an attitude. Well, if you were open to whatever my response was, and you weren't attached to my yes or my no, then we sh- we both good. Mm. Wow, now that's deep. I, I felt that, that's, that sizzled in my spirit a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. So let's talk about money real quick. Yeah. Your book here, Redefine, re- Redefine Wealth for Yourself. Yourself is big for me in this, you know, the title. But can we talk about, because I know you have some pillars mm-hmm. about defining wealth. Can you talk about, because I know we talked about it a few times, you have a holistic approach to creating wealth. So yeah. there's some differences. It's not just like, hey, there's nothing wrong with this, but it's not like, hey, put emergency fund aside. Right. There's other pieces to what you talk about. So could you give us some, you know, yeah. information about that? So just backstory, because I've been at this for more than 15 years. Uh-huh. So I used to be the person that just wanted to help people with the skill set stuff, because okay. that's what we learn, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you save 10% of what you earn and, you know, give 10% and do this and do that. And when I came here to Atlanta the first time around, this was 2011 or so, I worked at a financial education nonprofit and I was the leading financial management consultant for the country. And they used to, you know, have this curriculum that was all about budgeting and debt elimination Mm -hmm. and savings and investing, but they couldn't get people to go more than like 30% through the program. Okay. And here in the Atlanta market, I started to really like work with people on their life. I like, we need to connect these financial goals to something bigger, but we also need to dissect what's going on in the other parts of your life that are stopping you from doing the stuff you say you want to do with your money. Got it. And between my own experience, losing everything in the recession. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know, I built a seven figure business straight out of college and then lost it all in the recession and had to start over myself. That's why I came to Atlanta. Wow. Because, you know, everybody come to Atlanta to start over. That was the thing. Yeah, you know. So in that, in myself, my own journey, but also in working with people, our numbers started to climb where people were completing 80% of the program. They were, like, raising their credit. They were paying off debt. They were doing all this stuff. People were like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm like, talking to them about everything but money. Hmm. I started to really coach them through these are the things that impact your finances even when you're not thinking about it. And Hmm. in 20... 16, 
uh, is when I really developed the six pillars of wealth. And okay. so these are, like I said, the parts of life that impact finances. People just don't make the connection. Okay. And that's what keeps them spiraling in these financial cycles where they're still saying stuff like, oh, when it rains, it pours, and mm. it takes money to make money, and they have all of these limiting beliefs around yeah. what's possible for their finances because they're not willing to look at the other parts of their life. Yeah. So six pillars. Yeah. Can you tell me what they are? First pillar is fit. It's okay. about becoming your best self. So we talk about being mentally and physically well. Okay. So typically I just say if you have a vision for your life, you have a duty and responsibility to protect the only vessel you're going to get. You cannot... Uh, desire all this financial wealth and be out here talking about health as wealth and then run yourself into the ground in yeah. the name of chasing purpose or being on your hustle and grind. Yeah. For what? You're not working to pay for prescriptions you can't pronounce. Wow. <laughs> like That's a fact. Feel me? Yeah. And and I wanted to just say too about being uh, mentally fit, mm -hmm. especially because I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show. Nice. Yeah. You cannot be praying for these big platforms and all these dollars and all these sales if you're not going to be mentally fit to really take care of it and hold space for that. Yeah. Because we talk about this. Having a bigger platform is more people with opinions about who you are, what you do, don't know you from a can of paint, but have a lot of opinions. And if you're not mentally fit for the journey, you're going to give up. Yeah. Before you hit your seven figures or whatever it is your yeah. desire. Yeah. It's easy to. You're going to hide. You're going to like you know, stop promoting yourself. You're not going to market yourself because you're so caught up in what people think about you. Yeah. That's being mentally fit. You have to be mentally prepared to handle what you're praying for. So you're talking about like comments and feedback yeah. from social media, what people are going to say about what you're doing, yeah. that type of stuff. And I, it's not just comments from strangers. A lot of us have family and friends with strong opinions. Yeah, no, I've had those. <laughs> Very strong. They're the strongest. Sometimes. Yeah, they're yeah. the strongest. Yeah. And they're the loudest because they mm -hmm. can get to you. Yeah. So how do you manage that? Like, how do you not allow that to stop you from staying in your stride and running the play? Yeah. Like, you know what you're called to do. <clears throat> Maybe they weren't CC'd on the memo, but that's right. not for you to stop doing the thing. But most of us stop prematurely because mm -hmm. we're not mentally fit for the game yeah no i agree you know i had a challenge one time in my life and this was like i had to i had to learn how to still balance it because like you know family's going to say stuff and when you win in it's real easy to ignore it but then when you go through a loss or a challenge and you're like man shoot maybe they was right you know what I'm <laughs> and then i was like wait now nah, they still not right yeah i wasn't necessarily 100 percent wrong but it didn't work out for me but like i there's there's moments that i've noticed that even even if you're on your game and you're mentally strong and tough and you got that together, there's moments where still like little pieces of doubt can slip in or conversation. That's, you still got to be able to like, okay, no. Nope. Yeah, but that's easy that. because you have awareness of 100% of your failures. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Right? So you are very aware of all the times you didn't show up, all yeah. the things you didn't do, all mm -hmm. the times it didn't work out. Yeah. And if you don't become mentally tough, mm -hmm. uh, It'll make it so that anytime you doubt something, you feel like that means you shouldn't do it. Jeez. Hmm. Just because you doubt, that doesn't mean don't do it. Mm -hmm. That means, okay, give voice to wherever that's coming from and deal with that so you can move forward. But you don't run from it. You run to it. That's a part of the game. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So we got fit. Fit. Second one is people. It's about creating relationships that matter. Um, and that's personally and professionally. And okay. one of the big things that has been like a life lesson for me. Um, you know, Neil's both our boy, yeah. and I, I shared this even on his podcast. It was something that I told him years ago. Steve Harvey taught me mm -hmm. that 
there's always someone watching you who mm. has the power to bless you, but who are they watching you be? Hmm. There's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. Yeah. And you know, sometimes like people who are real churchy, they'd be like, God blesses you. Listen, God uses people. Yeah. And how do those people perceive you? Yeah. What is their experience of you when you show up? Yeah. Like, are you only talking to people because you think they can do something for you? Yeah. Or are you just someone who enjoys connecting with souls? Like yeah. it gotta be a soul that you think has an angle. Yeah. One of the worst things people could do with me when I go speak. Mm -hmm. Um, in particular is I'm I'm just friendly. I'm cool. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just an energy person. So mm. I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> and then they they like mm, mm, they snub me. Yeah. Until I become the keynote speaker the next morning. Mm. Now, afterwards, you're like, oh, my God, you were so good. Ma'am, <laughs> I remember you. But I remember you, though, is the thing. <laughs> I <do. laughs> but I remember yeah. you. I remember how you acted in the elevator yesterday. Yeah. Like, it's a no for me. Because if you only want to engage with people yeah. based on what you believe they could do for you. Meanwhile, the person who may look like nothing to you is the right. one with the juice. And right. you just played yourself. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a I've lot had there. it happen a few times, too. I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, I look like a kid, too. So, you know, people's mind, they be like, he ain't got it going on. So <laughs> then when they find out, they be like, oh, man. No, yeah. I, I, they know you got it going tough. on because you got all your jewels on. Yeah, I'm putting this all the way, though. I actually have a new project <laughs> I'm about to do. You'll see. I'm about to oh, really? Put it all the, yeah, you're going to see. It's just because I feel like there's, there's some things that got changed in the culture and stuff like that. So, okay. But, uh, but to your, to, back to you, though, right? Relationships. Yeah. How do you, because I, I be, I'm big on that, we talk about that a lot on the show, is relationship is a form of currency. Yes. And you have to manage it the right way, and you have to honor relationships. Yes. Um, what are some things you've done to be able to grow and nurture relationships effectively? One easy lesson that I talk about in this book is small, thoughtful gestures. Yeah. People think that it has to be like all of this elaborate stuff, or if they can't give it 100, they don't give it all. Sometimes people just need an encouraging text. Yeah. Sometimes folks just need a little delivery of cookies or yeah. flowers mm -hmm. at their door. You know, um, just a, I'm thinking about you goes a long way because yeah. you can't only reach out to people when you want something. Yeah. That's true. Right? I don't mind giving. I'm a very cheerful giver. Yeah. But I don't like takers. Hmm. I believe in give and receive relationships yeah. where there's like a mutual respect and all of those things we honor. Even if you go through seasons where you don't speak because life happens, yeah, but there's sure. a mutual respect, yeah. right? Giving and receiving. But people who only show up when it's time to take, mm -hmm. they're never also willing to give. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. And you learn that too. Y'all start making some money and then you go through a little season where you ain't got nothing. The same. Baby. <laughs> you be like, hey, I need that back, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it right now, bro. I'm like, hey, listen. I, you, but it's these ebbs and flows that you gotta learn. You gotta learn with people and, yeah. and, and yourself. So I think that that's very helpful. And you said something about just treating people the right way regardless of who you think they are. Yeah. Because here's the thing that's tricky is some people find out who you are immediately, like the next day. Mm -hmm. But for some of us, people don't find out who you are until five years later. Right. But you still don't forget how people treated you. No. So It just shouldn't matter. And you just don't know where life is going to take you. And I'm not saying you do it for this purpose. Yeah. But, you know, we're both on the Neatness Network. Yeah. So Anthony O'Neill yeah. and I had a conversation years ago mm -hmm. because I met his brother-in-law at an event. 
What? Had no idea that they were related, no idea that they were connected, nothing. Yeah. And then an opportunity came up for me, and somehow just scrolling on Instagram, I'm like, why is Anthony with Belief's daughter? Like, what is that? You know, I'm like, how does this <laughs> yeah. happen? I love this little girl. Uh, and so I reach out to him. I'm like, is Anthony related to you? He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my brother-in-law. And it made a connection. Yeah. And we've been able to support people for years. But I never, I didn't know any of that. I was yeah. just being cool. You mm-hmm. just don't know where things are going to go. That's a fact. Yeah, we, it's funny because I met Belief and Anthony separately as well. Okay. And it was a similar, I was like, okay. Yeah, cool. He was like, no, you know my brother-in-law, though. I seen y'all do some stuff. I was like, who? He was like, Anthony. I was like, get out of here, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's, it's a small world. It's a, it's yeah. much smaller, especially with social media now and all the things. And it's again, it's not you're not do you're not being a good person to get something from people. Yeah. Just be a good person. Yeah. No, I agree a thousand percent. And you know what's funny is, even if people don't know you publicly have a relationship, mm. all of us do it. We were like, hey, do you do you know so and so? Cause I don't, I never met them before. But like, do you, what you know about them? Okay, for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Please, I just, I just heard from a girlfriend the other day who had an experience with someone, mm-hmm. and she said, "Hey, young man, you're not handling this the the right way." Cause he didn't want to redo something that he did. He did a terrible job. Yeah. And she said, "You know, you don't know who I know, who I'm connected to, what business I could send to you." Like, and he said something like, "Oh, in my business." clients are not always right which i understand but still preserve what's possible here because you know what she did she called me and she called her and she called her and she called him because baby bad news travel faster than good news and i love to like share resources when people are doing good work but you never know how quickly someone will be like hey because I block people off the strength, yeah. personally. Like, if I see, I'm a, I'm a preemptive blocker, you know? If I see someone cut up in your comments, and I mean this, I've probably yeah. already done it. Your comments, uh, Anthony's comments, yeah. any of my girl's comments. If they talk to you crazy, I'd be like, doop, block. Mm. I don't care if you were like, Patrice, I want to give you da-da-da-da-da. No, because I can already tell you don't know how to honor and respect people by how you behaving in these comments. It's okay. Mm. It's okay. You yeah. don't... You don't ever have to worry about me. <laughs> you don't have to do it to me, but yeah. I do understand that I'm never above someone's bad behavior. Hmm. So once I see you behave poorly with somebody else, yeah. it's only a matter of time before you bring that to my doorstep because you've already shown your character. Sheesh. So, no, I'm okay. Mm. My block list is so long on Instagram, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Not even because I've had any run-ins with that many people. Like, oh, just like, I don't like oh, the energy. Don't like it. Wow. That's big though, because here's the thing: you don't know if you. Some of y'all watching might be blocked right now. No, <laughs> you might be. Look, Justin, they might go look me up. Yeah. Like, wow, I can't find her page. I can't find her, I can't page. Find her page. Yeah, you can't, mm. and you won't. Yeah, but it does show you. You gotta be careful what you say in all all environments. And it doesn't mean not to honor your honesty. Like I'm yeah. not saying not to honor your honesty, but there is a way that you treat people and I believe that you can tell people what you desire even if it's contrary to what they want Mm -hmm. and still leave them with their dignity yeah I agree we can disagree that's that's just having a a discussion yeah but coming in my argument my comments arguing oh yeah and and that part I feel like the world is kind of like it's it's gonna have to get better at some point but it's like I can agree with you and still respect you Mm -hmm. 
we could be on it, but it's how you do it because you know yeah. some people just be like you know I had a recent video some of y'all know you know people kind of went on me and I said listen this is my opinion by the way first of all and I clarified it in the comments and Anthony pinned it so I know <laughs> they saw it I said listen this is my opinion but if a girl's dropping this then she gotta have you know she probably gonna date a guy to do this to me girls like well just cause I drive that don't mean I don't have no money I said ma'am I didn't say you didn't have no money you know what I learned being in media though what? so I was on the Steve Harvey show for four years yep. I was on weekly radio people hear what they wanna hear yeah. they would email in and be like uh, Patricia Williams said I wasn't supposed to pay my debt and now my stuff is behind. <laughs> Never ever did you hear me say. Right. Um, you could run the tape on that on mm -hmm. any of these episodes or any of these live, you know, shows. Yeah. Tell you now, first of all, my name is Patrice. Okay. Let's get let's start let's, with that. Start. So now we know that you didn't hear the advice right. right. But people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. And they also are filtering it through their own experience and yeah. through their own trauma. Hmm. And through their own exposure and relationships. So at this point, I feel for people. Like, there's videos of me out there where people have uh, chopped up me talking about my divorce mm -hmm. and tried to weaponize it against me. Like, yeah. it's wild. Mm -hmm. And I don't really read comments much, but I did see a couple. And I recognize that because I choose to tell the parts of my story mm -hmm. that honor my sentiment without throwing people under the bus. Right, yeah. They sympathize mm -hmm. with other sides. Yeah. I made a choice, a conscious choice, to say or not say certain things. Correct. And because you want to take bits and pieces of that and create your narrative, I don't lose any sleep at night. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what you wanted to do. I let people yeah. be great. Mm -hmm. But again, I know when I meet you in public. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, that ain't the smile y'all want to see. <laughs> I have learned in this interview. If you get that smile, <laughs> duh. But that's real though, because you know, transparently, y'all know, you know, I was, I was, I was married for eleven years, mm -hmm. and actually today we have a better relationship than I did when we were married. Mm -hmm. But when people go through divorce and stuff, now I'd be like, listen, I have no opinion because you ain't never been through it, so you have no idea what comes with it. Mm -hmm. And I think people just got to do a better job of just minding their business. I think it's just a, it's. And it's been lost. It's been a, it's been lost in the world. That's that's my pillar. Mind your business. You understand? Know so, let's but you know what? But it comes with having a platform. For yeah. me, I understand that yeah, it does. because it does. my podcast is very transparent yeah. and it's really rooted in a lot of vulnerability mm -hmm. and the lessons that I learn. Not that I've just learned over the years, but even when I'm in the messy middle of stuff, I'm always looking for the lesson or the blessing, and mm -hmm. that's what I use to support my audience. Yeah. So not to tell people what to do, but to say here's something I want to offer to you. Here's something to consider. When you find yourself in a season of transition or pivoting or evolution, mm -hmm. these are some of the things that may come up and here's how I use journaling to go through it or here's how I use um, you know, different support mechanisms to do yeah. that. And so I realized that when you open that up, mm -hmm. it makes people feel like they have a right to come in and give certain yeah. opinions. Yeah, that's true. And that's why... Back to the first pillar. Yeah. Mentally fit. Mentally you fit. can give it. Yeah. I get to choose if I take it. Yeah. That's strong. Um, it does seem like today, probably more than ever, I've seen more people make transitions and pivots. Not just in relationships, but it seems like collectively, even entrepreneurs, people are just like, okay, I got it. This, I have mm -hmm. to do something else. You've made a few pivots. Can you give advice to some entrepreneurs? Maybe they're new. Maybe this is their mm -hmm. first time pivoting. Cause you had a business, went down, and had to make a transition. Right, 
anything you could share with entrepreneurs that may be going through a season of uncertainty or making pivots that can help them? I think it's what you just said, starting with that, mm -hmm. it's a season. Yeah, okay. And when you're in a season, a period of transition, it is really easy, when, especially when you're not mentally or um, spiritually mm -hmm. sound, to feel like it's forever. Yeah. To feel like, oh my God, my life, what am I doing? God, did I hear you? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Did I make the right choice? Mm -hmm. So it's just to remember that this is a season and it won't last always. That's yeah. the first thing. I would say, um, the second thing when you're pivoting is to not be so consumed with self-awareness that you forget soul awareness. Hmm. And a lot of people don't really know the term soul, soul yeah, awareness. So self-awareness is just being aware of your thoughts, your feelings, um, behaviors, whatever, and how it impacts you yep. and how it may impact the people around you. Yep. And that is so important. But a lot of people stop at that. Because when you stop at self-awareness, in my opinion, and from the, the women that I coach, when we stop at self-awareness, we still end up trying to pivot using old definitions, using like old ways of being, old yeah. ways of thinking, because we're aware of some stuff, but we're not aware of what we truly want yet. Mm -hmm. Soul awareness is if you were being a thousand percent authentic, if you were being radically honest with yourself, yeah. right? What do you really need, want, and desire? Yeah. Not what sounds good on paper, mm -hmm. not what you put on your vision board five years ago, mm -hmm. not what you told your mama you was gonna do, not right. what you promised your grandma on her deathbed. Mm -hmm. All of those things were valid at those points in time, mm -hmm. but every day you can decide to decide something different. Yeah. And a lot of people <clears throat> are holding themselves hostage to stuff that they said mm -hmm. three months ago, three years ago, 30 years ago, yeah. and it's not allowing them to move freely into the pivot. So they make a little shift and they think they've made a pivot. Mm. A pivot is not like, oh, I just went like this, right? And so you're trying to fit the same ways of being, thinking, relationships, all the stuff, and apply it to something new, and now you expect something different to happen. Yeah. You haven't truly shifted. Yeah. You've just change what you called it or you yeah. moved across the country yeah. or you switched husbands or wives yeah. or something but you haven't changed mm -hmm. and soul awareness is really more about being radically honest about what you want regardless of anyone else's thoughts opinions and even your own judgments about what you want hmm. that's big I had and I'm still working on the soul awareness piece I think that's probably going to be evolution but I, I know my first time realizing it Cause I had the, I had like you know like the vision boards and all that mm -hmm. stuff, and I was looking at and what I realized is I was writing goals as if somebody was gonna come by and grade me on it. <laughs> It'd be like I always talk. <laughs> I talk about that. Oh, right, like, okay. Yeah, I talk about how people are writing stuff in their journals yeah. and writing it as if they're scared for someone to come see it. So for a lot of parents, for example, everything is like ends ends and begins with their children, and I'm yeah. like, that's cool. We know you a good mama. Yeah. Right? We know that you're a good father. You want yeah. the best for your children and all the stuff. What do you want? Mm -hmm. Most people can't genuinely answer what yeah. they want. Yeah. They can't give you a list of 25 things that they genuinely they want. Almost selfishly. Yeah. Um, and it Almost, needs to yeah. be selfish, selfishly because that's what's real in your belly. Like in your core, mm -hmm. that's what's real for you. But you keep trying to force some other narrative so yeah. that it appears that you're a good person. Yeah. Good person for who? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it's, mm -hmm. no, it's, it's real. Deep. No, it's it's deep. deep. It's a deep thought. You know, yeah. so you got self-awareness, 
and soul, soul awareness. awareness. Yeah. That's deep. I'm, I'm gonna meditate on that. That's that's that was a good nugget for me today. You know. Text right. me when something comes. Yeah, up. no, it will. Yeah, it, will, will, it, will, it will. It will. <laughs> All right. So we got. Fit mentally, physically. Yeah. We got relationships. Yeah. Number people. three is number oh, three. people. Yeah. yeah, people. Number three is space. Okay. Space is about setting up your life to support you. And back when I was counseling people, um, it would never fail. The areas that they were spending a lot of money in, they were usually dealing with a lot of clutter in. Hmm. And clutter. Let me process that. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Clutter is the physical manifestation of chaos in your mind. Hmm. So let's say um, I used to give an example when I would be speaking because I speak to mostly women. So how many of you came here today and you had to go through all the stuff in your closet because nothing fit and you just went through everything and your closet is a mess? How many of you walk over a pile of laundry to get here today? And people be like, "Ooh, that was me. And you're like, "Ooh, you know, somebody come over. You're like, excuse this laundry. Like it just came fresh out. Girl, yeah. that laundry is cold. You've been walking over there for nine days. Let's mm. stop this. Yeah. You've been dealing with all of this. Okay. What do you spend the most money on? Clothes, Clothes. shoes, like alt bags, all of this stuff because there's n this not set up to support you. The, what you have right here going on, it's not really set up to support you. So you waste a lot of money in that area of your life, not because of I need a new budget or I need a better budget. No, you need to deal with what's going on in this area. That's a fit pillar thing. You don't feel confident in the clothes that you have. So you keep taking stuff off. Why do you not feel confident? Is it because you put weight on? Is it because you took weight off? Is it because somebody told you something about your physical appearance? So now everything makes you anxious. And like, it's a it's a thing. Hmm. And it impacts your finances. Got it. So I'm trying to translate this for a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be an area like that. Probably could be. It could be clothes. Uh, maybe... Okay, hold on. I'm really trying to think about this. What would be a translation? Do you have a translation for men? I'm thinking of like. I don't talk to y'all. No, I'm playing. Because <laughs> what, like, what, what do we spend money on? Food. Okay, it could be ladies. It could be meals. Yeah. It could be trips. It could be. But clutter, I mean, is everywhere. Even even people who have super organized homes deal with clutter in different places. It may look organized to the untrained eye, but you open any closet or any drawer. That's me right there. I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of electronics and stuff too. Okay. Like I just buy or I buy stuff on Amazon and don't open the box. Why? Cuz I'm like, "Oh, this is a good idea for me to buy, but I don't want to forget it." So you just buy it now? <laughs> I do. And then, and then by the time you get ready to use it, they have like a new version. A new version, and then I want to buy And then it's one. not compatible with your other stuff, mm -hmm. and now you have this brand new thing, but it's old, so you yeah. can't even sell it because don't nobody want it. Yeah. Oh, that was a waste of money. Oh, and that's how I get to the money stuff. <laughs> I see what's happening right now. Okay. Money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot of us have these things that we do. And we make rationalizations and justifications for it, like you just did. Mm. Like, oh, I just buy it because I should have it. And da da da, da and it might be good one day. Okay. It, it Was that really set up to support you, though? No, because then it also added to your space. So now you have a closet or a room, a garage, or something full of stuff that doesn't get used. So I'm going to start buying books. Now when people recommend it to me, when I'm ready to read it. 
when you're ready to read it. Or one of the things that I do is use an app where it'll give you a 15 minute summary of the book and then I can decide. Sometimes the summary is enough for me to get that nugget, for me to be like, ooh, that was a word. Yeah. And I'm okay, I don't feel like I need to read the book. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I need I need all the chapters related to that. Yeah. And then I choose to buy that book. That's tight. I like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so next pillar would be? Faith. Faith. Faith is about believing in something greater. Yeah. And I always tell people, I don't care what you say you believe in, do you make time to practice it? Yeah. Because, again, most of us give up too quickly. Mm -hmm. We want that entrepreneurial dream or we want to get to whatever point on that um, career ladder or something, but many of us give up before that time. And I believe that faith is about understanding that nothing in life is happening to you, it's happening for you. Yeah. And that's a choice. Mm -hmm. And we was like, how do you believe that? I choose to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. li like you, you get to choose. I choose mm -hmm. to believe that even things that may seem like all hell is breaking loose. Yeah. When I say I pray for a peace that transcends all understanding, sometimes people probably think I'm crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, oh, you pray for a peace that transcends all understanding. This is it. Yeah. This is when you know if you really have peace, when mm -hmm. all hell is breaking loose. You don't have it when it's all good. Yeah. You only know if you have it when stuff is not going the way that you intended and how you dreamed they would go, yeah. right? So having that, though, allows you to keep the mentality that you're in a season and that there is greater purpose for what you're experiencing. When you don't feel like there's any purpose in it, that's usually when people lose their ability to be resilient. So it doesn't matter what faith, what religion or whatever you yeah, say you practice, yeah. just practice something. Make time to practice it the same way you would put anything on your calendar for work or for your kids. I have prayer and meditation and journaling on my calendar because it matters to me. And yeah, I don't Like an appointment. Yeah, like an appointment with myself, with my soul, with my spirit. Because if I say it matters to me, why it has to go on the calendar. What doesn't go on the calendar doesn't get done yeah. in my world. Yeah. So... I value it just as much as I value dates with my daughter, mm -hmm. dates with whoever I'm dating, yeah. whatever I have to do for work, like mm -hmm. whatever. I value it the same, so I put it on my calendar the same. Got it. Okay. So you talked about having a daughter. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of women that have kids, mm -hmm. and sometimes them being an entrepreneur, and, I mean, at the time you were a wife as well mm -hmm. and a mother, how are you able to navigate that? process because at some points different people require different things from you mm -hmm. so a lesson I learned when my daughter was probably kindergarten age mm -hmm. and she's now 16 yeah you say she just got a car she just Shout got a out. car how you feel <laughs> hide your kids hide your wife no she's <laughs> no she's good <laughs> no actually on her actual birthday um I grieved I didn't expect to grieve I didn't expect to grieve anything I went to sleep the night before all good and woke up on August 1st, like so melancholy. It was just a heaviness. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the realization that such a big milestone is here. And she's such a little me. Yeah. Like she's such a, she's not a mini me, but she's such a clear yeah. woman, mm -hmm. young woman. Mm -hmm. And I know she's one of those kids when she goes to college, that's it. Yeah. Ain't no coming back. She gonna be like, ah. And that's how I was, and I get it. Even though we love each other, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're so tight, she's going to go live her life, which is what I've raised her to do. Mm -hmm. But I think it hit me on that yeah. day. I was like, Ooh, wait a minute, and I only have one, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and no chance of others, praise God. Anyway. Yeah. Um, 
no, no, uh-uh. Yeah, to, we already talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, in, the yeah, in the you streets. You said I was on the curb. Yeah, on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. I'm, but yeah. you, the way you've been talking today, it's not like you getting real close out there now. What? In the streets? No! <laughs> I'm on the doorstep, yeah, Justin. Just, I'm, I'm just watching from afar. Yeah, I'm watching from afar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But it's uh, a natural progression. And then you come back and you say, you know what? It's not that fun out there. Yeah, you yeah. told me. You yeah. gave me some good advice. Yeah, so I'm going to. Yeah, take that. Take that to heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, what was your question? My bad. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Um, dang, hold up. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. My bad. Okay. Let's All right, go ahead. Okay. So, but back to what I was saying about her being in kindergarten, a lesson that I learned is that balance is a myth. I don't even try for balance yeah. because, like you said, there are certain seasons that just require more of you. Yeah, yeah. So I've really tried to aim for harmony. So how do I bring these things together? So yeah. for me, it's looked like, you know, over the years, how do I involve my daughter? Even if it's me coming out of my office to work at the dining room table while she's doing homework. Hmm. Instead of being cooped up in my office away from her and making it a separation thing, it's like, okay, she's home now in the evening and she has some work to do. Cool. I could get some work done. We could turn music on and we could do our thing. That's really What nice. events can I bring her to? What's appropriate for her to see? Like, I had a client retreat last year in Mexico. I brought her to the retreat mm-hmm. and I wanted her to see women loving on women and genuinely yeah. encouraging and supporting other women and being grown and not this petty foolishness that we see in a lot of spaces, yeah. right? So I try to make sure, I don't try, I do, mm-hmm. bring her to different spaces where she can also have a sense of pride about who I am and what I do. Yeah, I want her to always be proud of who her mother was in the world. Yeah, And so I never want to create a space and I never treated her like she was too young to understand. I would just explain to her what was going on on her level at that time. Okay. So, you know, yeah. she's... And I think it's it's made her see as a woman, as a black woman, that she can have a family and mm-hmm. pursue whatever it is she wants to do professionally. She yeah. watched me go back and get an MBA in financial psychology. She came to the graduation and, wow. you know, walk the campus with me. Like, I want her to know, but I have to be the example. It's the same reason she comes with me to the gym mm-hmm. every other week. You know, yeah. she's an athlete. She works out at her school. But when she's home and I'm going to the gym, like, let's go to the gym. Yeah. I don't want to tell her that it's important. I need to sure. show her that it's an important part of my life Yeah. in everything that I do. Got it. Okay. That's strong. So, ladies, y'all got some answers. I think that applies to guys, too, because I... I've actually found myself in that situation. When I lock in, I lock in. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, there are some times where I can lock in and still be there. And still, you know, even if she's watching TV, I can just be doing something. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. All right, so I'll just make sure because I know some of y'all like, get back to these pillars. So, mm-hmm. all right, last one we went over was faith. And the fifth one is work. It's about living your life's purpose. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the biggest piece that made me go back to school. Um, for financial psychology, besides the fact that God bamboozled me into going, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. um, but what made me pursue financial psychology is because in the work that I used to do with people, I recognized that most of their issues with finances, to me, came from unfulfillment. When people were unfulfilled in what they were doing day in and day out, mm-hmm. they acted out. Yeah. Or they try to cope. Mm-hmm. They try to fill the void. And so they usually fill the void by buying people or yeah. buying things. So I always encourage people, 
Like when you are not actively doing something that is purposeful to you, that does not mean you have to be an entrepreneur. Okay. It means you are aware of what your God-given gifts are and how you can use those gifts in the marketplace to be a blessing to others. A yeah. lot of people are like, oh, I'm just doing this because I'm passionate. Are you proficient? Yeah. Was it a gift? Yeah. Or are you just passionate? Because I'm passionate about singing in the shower, but yeah. you ain't going to pay me for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, that's you're not going to give me nothing for it. Yeah. So, I'm not saying like not to pursue things that you're passionate about, but sometimes the things that we're most passionate about could be a hobby. Some of us need to allow ourselves to get passionate about our gifting and allow ourselves to use that gift in the marketplace. Why things that we're doing feel like a grind and like we're forcing is because we're not in flow. We're not mm -hmm. using what just naturally comes to us. All right, I gotta ask you this, because now, all right, I have this gift, but how do I, figure out what I need to charge the marketplace for it. Because that's what I see like some entrepreneurs struggle with. It's like, okay, I got this thing, but then sometimes they either charge it too much for it, too little for it. Like, how, how, do you, how would you recommend somebody find that? As someone who started over, like you said, I pivoted many times. Mm -hmm. And in my own business, I have several streams. So yeah. I'm not just an author. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm not yeah. just a speaker. I'm not just a brand-like spokesperson. I yeah. have multiple things, right? I always tell people, if you're going to be resistant to a dollar amount that's just outside of maybe what you're most comfortable with, just start. Clarity comes in the doing. So whatever the number is you feel most confident about right now, mm -hmm. allow that to be the start. Don't let these coaches out here tell you, they're not paying you what you're worth. You should be making seven figures. Listen, <laughs> the market is going to determine, okay? Facts. Like, stop stop this. Facts. And, I, and I'm a coach, but I always tell my clients to start with what they're comfortable with and first of all, it'll give you an opportunity to see how much you're willing to give for which for what amount. Mm -hmm. The first time you undercharge somebody, <laughs> you be like, oh no. Baby, <laughs> that alone will, will get you clear. <laughs> Listen, that alone, the first time. We have tears in your eyes, you're like you be like, I never do this again. I will never do this again. No coach has to come and tell you to charge more. You fact. will see for yourself. I did all of these things and got paid $2 by the time we broke it down. I yeah. used to have clients where I'd be like, well, you might as well work at Starbucks because yeah. what is, yeah. they, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, because you just did all of this for that. Do you feel like it was worth it to you? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it was worth it to you? No, I should have did better. So what's the next price? Mm -hmm. I'm a double it. Good for you. And yeah, I'll see you when you're ready to double it again. Because mm -hmm. once a few people give it to you, it's time to double it. Yeah. If people do, if if people don't try to like negotiate with you, that tells you right there. Yeah. That it's time to double it. But I think more people need to just start. Yeah. They sit on the sidelines trying to figure out pricing and like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do it. Do it. You're gonna find out. Yeah. Quick. You put it out in the marketplace. It'll tell you real quick if it's too high, too low, and Here's what I like about entrepreneurship, though, because even in those ex those experiences where you got paid and it wasn't enough, at least you got paid. Yeah. Versus, like, I didn't go to college, and I'm not knocking education. Y'all know this. But you go through an experience in college, and you pay to get that experience versus in entrepreneurship. Like, I like you, you can learn stuff. Maybe you learn some new skills. Maybe you learn some things. You learn about yourself or how you need to sell the market. But either way, you're getting compensated through the process versus having to pay for the process. Mm -hmm. And 
this is what I think some of y'all are messing up a little bit. And I'm a coach too. I take your money all day if y'all want me to. But, <laughs> but, but I'm just I'm being honest. You know what I'm saying? I, I found another pillar. You know what I'm saying? No. But listen. But no, seriously. You got you. Sometimes people just they're paying people for stuff that really you could do for yourself. It's like, mm-hmm. man, you could actually just just do this. Just just write the book, sell it, and see what people say. Mm-hmm. Granted. You got marketing, but in all this other stuff, you got to learn. But what I'm seeing right now in entrepreneurship space, you tell me, I feel like it's almost like college in a sense of, you know how people like can be in college for 10 years but change their major so many times mm-hmm. that they graduate with nothing? Mm-hmm. That's pay, what I, And pay for all of it. And pay for it all. Yeah. And I and I see that now. Like People have, I, they've joined the best masterminds, mm-hmm. got all the books. Mm-hmm. I see them at every event. But every time I talk to them, it's doing something different. And I'm not saying you can't pivot. Uh... That's not pivoting. That is searching for validation, usually. It's not just a pivot. And I would like to offer that I believe in the work that I do now, Redefining Wealth, right, is helping people clear the clutter in all these other pillars so that they can be real about what they want to do and not have the distraction of all the other stuff. Because this is this is just like a, again, fit pillar thing. Yeah. Mentally, somebody told you something that yeah. in probably childhood, 10, 15, 20 years old, five years ago, someone said something that <clears> you're <throat> holding on to and you think that more certifications is going to fix that and yeah. it's not getting more certifications. You may need to go sit on someone's couch and deal with your childhood trauma. That's real. Yeah. Is is not that you need another business program. What more people need is personal development, yeah. but they don't want to hear that mm-hmm. because personal development seems frou frou. Yeah. But personal development is you working on your roots. Yeah. You're trying to work on new business things and change fruits. When you are trying to, when you walk up to a tree and the fruit is bad, you can't talk to the fruit or get a certification for the fruit and be like, be better. Yeah. Do better, come yeah. out better. You might have to dig some stuff up and plant new roots in order to get new fruits. The byproduct, everything that we have, our business success, the money that we have access to, the relationships that we have, those are all fruits. Those are outcomes. You yeah. only get better outcomes when you change the income, the inside. Like yeah. that's when you do it. And a part of how I support people in doing that is going through the pillars and doing what we call an authentic alignment audit and clearing the clutter through everything so that they can have the business success they want. People are struggling in entrepreneurship not because they're not brilliant enough. I have clients that are way smarter than me. Mm -hmm. I have clients that have more degrees than me. Mm -hmm. I know, I have friends that are more talented than me. Mm -hmm. I've been more successful because I'm more consistent and I'm more consistent because I'm more clear about who I am. Not because I'm smarter, better, this or that. No, I'm just consistent. Yeah, wow, I love that. That's really good. Is there one more pillar? The last pillar is money, but I think you talk about that a lot. Yeah, we talk about money. <laughs> but listen, I would say this. I got enough of a cliff note to uh, make sure I get start reading this book, you know, because this is uh, everything is covered in the book. Yeah, the pillars are in the book. Yeah. All right, yep. cool. All right, so we're going to have to. Yeah, make sure y'all go to you, get your, your redefined wealth for yourself. You understand? Because uh, I've redefined mine in this conversation. <laughs> and hopefully, I think you, you, you can as well, because it really shows you, like, Man, I'm probably messing up money because I got some stuff just just not right in here. Yeah. And and, and the, the better I get this right, the, the more money I'll make, the more value I'll be, more valuable I'll be in the marketplace. Personal development is the foundation for personal finance success. Mm-hmm. 
you cannot get more money and keep the same mindset. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't, because who you are with a hundred dollars is who you will be with a hundred thousand, is who you will be with a million. Yeah. So, do we want to just make it, or do we want to make it and keep it? Yeah. If you want to keep it, you're gonna have to do your work. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I always have a section in the show. I call it breakdown of breakthroughs, mm-hmm. and I believe everybody has breakdown, especially as an entrepreneur. You probably have multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the breakthrough to the next level is that there's some lessons that you could pick up in the breakdown. And if you pick it up and apply it the right way, uh, it'll open up the door to the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Have you had any breakdowns? I, I know anybody successful has. Many. If you have one you want to share and share with everybody the, a lesson that you got from it that allowed mm. you to break through, we would like to hear it. Mm. Well, I have had several. I will say the one that comes to mind, though, is often the story I tell about going from a seven-figure business to scraping up change. So I owned a real estate and mortgage brokerage in California. When the recession hit, lost everything, had to start over. Home, a 6,000-square-foot home in California foreclosed. Ended up in a 600-square-foot box of an apartment in Mm -hmm. Metairie, Louisiana. And had a little moment with God in the mirror. Like, why me? All the tears, all the yelling Mm -hmm. at God type of thing, bawling, snotting, crying. And at my lowest point at that moment, it was March 9, 2009, I found this scripture. It was Proverbs 17, 16. And it said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? Hmm. That's why my name on Instagram is Seek Wisdom. Wow. It's the reminder um, that there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And what you described earlier with people going from program to program and all the masterminds and doing all the things, they are chasing after knowledge. Knowledge is more education and information. Okay. But wisdom is, do you know how to apply it? Yeah. And the only way that we learn to apply it um, is to, one, seek wise counsel. So mm. there is value in coaching and mentorship. Yeah. But you have to be someone who doesn't have a butt in your spirit. A butt in your spirit means when your coach or your mentor that you invested in tells you to do something, don't don't your answer can't be but Oh snap. Oh that's but <laughs> but I'm different, but I'm special, but you don't know my industry, but this, but that. If you have a butt in your spirit, what's the point of seeking wise counsel? Hmm. Now you can reject any advice that's not in alignment with what you feel assigned to do. But the first words out your mouth cannot be but. And the thing that, like I said in the beginning, I believe success loves speed. And the faster you can implement, the faster you can see whether something works for you or not. Mm -hmm. So that breakdown is where I understood the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And my breakthrough is when I desire to go to the next level in any part of my life, in any of these pillars, I seek out people who can offer me wisdom. I still have to run it through the filter of what feels right for me, Mm -hmm. but I don't try to do life alone. I will, in that season, up until that point, March 9, 2009, I was suffering in silence because I didn't know how to ask for help and I always had a butt in my spirit. Mm. From March 9, 2009 and beyond, everything that people have seen in terms of my success has been from me being willing to ask for help, Mm -hmm. willing to receive the help, and also willing to filter what pieces of it resonate with my spirit and follow my soul and implement based on that. Wow. That's big. I, lo- I just received a lot from that. I-, I have a question, though, about that process. Mm-hmm. 6,000 square foot home, mm-hmm. 600 square foot apartment, apartment. right? Mm-hmm. How do you get yourself out from there? I use the pillars. 
the pillars weren't defined yet, but that's what that's the stuff I was doing. So all the exercises that I have in this book, they were things that I started to do. Cause that was the first time I also, when I looked at the difference between knowledge and wisdom, it was the first time I had looked up wealth. Hmm. And I was like, cause I thought I was wealthy cause yeah. I had been making all this money. We had matching Range Rovers. I was yeah. doing my thing. And that's the first time I saw that wealth on the surface is money and material possessions. But if you keep digging, you can see that the 12th century definition of wealth, the first time the word appeared really in, in you know, writing, it was the condition of well-being and happiness. Mm. It was never cars, houses, all this stuff. So for me now, it's not that I don't get money, because I do, then mm. that's, you know, and I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I don't worship it, but yeah. you know, I have a healthy respect for it. But I, I um, define wealth for myself is am I well and am I authentic and am I in alignment? Because I believe that's what leads to abundance for me. Yeah. But that's why it's redefine wealth for yourself. Everyone gets to choose what that looks like for them. Wow. But doing the work in the pillars that I talk about and probably there's like over 100 exercises and lessons in this book. Probably I would say more than half of them came they were things that I was doing before people knew who I was on a bigger platform. Before I joined the Steve Harvey show in 2014, this was the stuff I was doing. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I still do to this day. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to read it. I like it. This is good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Thank you for coming. You know, Thank you for having me. For the show. Me. You know what I'm saying? We learned <laughs> stuff. Anytime somebody comes through, we always like to make sure, you know, you blessed us. We like to give you a little something for coming through. Um, Philip, you grab that for me. Thank you, man. Ooh. Just a couple things from uh oh, from the show to you. you know, you thank know, couple, you. you know, a couple little pieces to make sure you, you know you, you be good out here. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. yes. So do yes, they so. see this every time? They do, but it's you know I still there's different stuff inside of it. Every can I time. just van a black? Real yes, quick? you can. Okay. There's, yeah, there's there's some consistencies and there's some changes in every oh. in every box. I'm excited. So, yeah, no, so but you know I think uh you know it's, it's also you took time from your life. And so, you know, I appreciate that because not only did I get value, but a lot of people that's watching will get value and it's going to be up here for a you know, very long time. So I appreciate you coming through and Thank you. Thanks sharing you your gift. Me. Yeah. Where can people find you from here? I know you gave your Instagram, but if you can mm -hmm. say it again and sure. any else, anything else you want to share. PatriceWashington.com is where all things Patrice Washington live. And there's a quiz at PatriceWashington.com that people can take to figure out which pillar they need to start with. What? today so it's a two-minute quiz really quick and it'll tell you which pillar you need the most support with and then we can go from there oh i love it well y'all get it y'all uh go to patricewashington.com but i'm grateful for the plays you gave today to be able to redefine well y'all just got to play so go run it we see y'all in the next episode What's going on? Listen, make sure you guys go to runtheplaystore.com. Get your official Run to Play gear. We talk about shirts, socks, jackets for everybody that's run to play all across the world. Are you ready? We're going to run the yeah. play. Let's Do you go. know what it's like to come for nothing at all? But every day.